What up? Welcome back to a week one edition of the Seller Seller Fantasy Football Podcast. I am always, as always, joined by Glenn Enos Jr. and Matthew Suzer of the Worst Per Herberts. The Worst Per Herberts and the Monster. Love, love the team name. Love it. Gotta That's right. Love it. Big fan. I like your team name, Mason. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. All right, cool. Um, yeah, but we do have to get. Let's that be honest. There, I though. have to get this this podcast recording over with very quickly. Um, my chauffeur duties do await. So, um, oh, I got my mom on call always. So we gotta. It's funny we can joke about it now because at the time it wasn't that funny. Hey, man, I I apologize <laughs> to you guys. I apologize about that. So, I, and the problem I is, when I, I can admit when I'm wrong. Okay, I can admit good. When I'm wrong. Good. The uh, thing is, I've done uh, it many times on this podcast. So, I just I can't have you win the toilet this year because I'm running out of creative ideas. I'm running out of creative team photos. I like I, I said, start, that's really what it is. <laughs> you just gotta. The next time is it's please God make it stop. That's the, la- it's the It'll last be the picture one. of the don't hug me. I'm scared guy. Yes. Yes. Make it stop. Um, <laughs> did you guys, do you guys like my team name? I don't get it. Which one you is, mean, which one is yours? It's like, take a look, take a, no, it's a, it's a take a look cats. Yeah. What does that mean? Am I you missing never, something? You never heard of a take a look cat? No. Why don't you take a look at my balls? I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> take a look at. I got gotcha. you. Oh, take a look man. At as soon my as you balls. said "take a look at," and I was like, "Oh, I know where this is going." I, take I a look know at. it. I knew it. I was like, "That's why." I, Come I on, man. Says, "I'm sorry. You're my enemy this week. Me and Suze are playing each other, yeah. and we got to talk about our team." Suze did draft grades. We have so much to get to. And then we have the mainstays. We got uh we got sizzling hot takes. Mm. We got uh pigskin. Mm. I don't know if we're doing the eliminator challenge this year. That oh, is gonna it. be an on the oh fly decision. God, I forgot about that. All right. Let's go. Well, you guys because you guys were out by week two. Yeah, I, I was, know. I know. I was carrying our water until like week twelve. It was actually week one. It was week one. We picked the Broncos oh. over the Seahawks and Oh, Gino Smith shoved it up our ass. And that's when the entire year flipped on its head. Literally, I should have known like right then and there. That was the point. So, yeah, a lot to cover today. We're going to have news. We're going to have pick, skip, pick them. So we're going to have uh, our week one sizzling hot takes. But, uh, but first. Very important to the podcast and to the most coveted league on the Eastern Seaboard. The Westport Fantasy Football League had their draft yesterday. 14 men, one goal to become league champion without an asterisk. And gentlemen, I got to say, pretty successful draft. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say so. It's a good one. I think we hit the nail on the head last week where right now, two days before week one, is the best that we will all feel about our teams 
moving forward this season. Except Chris. Because Chris will Except feel Chris. infinitely better about his team after week six. <laughs> I want to have you know. I want to have you know. I don't want to name drop any people here on the Stella Seller podcast. Let's just say uh, Chris's wife, Mrs. Hartnett, sent me a Snapchat um, after the draft or during the draft, which I didn't open until after the draft. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of our friend, Chris Hartnett, sitting on a tube on the back of his boat with his phone in his hands. <laughs> no. And the caption is doing his fantasy draft. Wow. And I said, Damn. Nice. Must be nice to be Out, a partner. Just like in the middle of the ocean with his phone. So here's the, here's the story. I talked to Chris after uh, after the draft last night. Talked to him on the phone. And he said, uh, he said, yeah. He said, I was drafting. He said, I think round five, he said, we went to a spot. And I just completely lost service on my phone. Oh, and I said, that's what it is. Oh, well, a wise man once said. You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> mm. That's true. That is true. That is true. Normally, I would scream that, but my wife asked me not to. So, there you uh, go. Yep. Try Very to be respectful. a better me this year, a better Glenn for the 2023 fantasy football season. Let's start All right. right now. And well, as a result, good. he uh, he drafted Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And neither are playing for a few weeks at minimum at least the first three weeks for Kamara and Jonathan Taylor's the first four weeks so facing Chris early nice job since you have permissions you should go into the league settings and change his name to team auto draft (laughs) bring it back oh that's I could but I would even I would call it team Tidwell just (laughs) just why not in in his honor I'm just I feel better though knowing that he just lost service. I assumed like he just gave himself a short window, and once that passed, he said, "Fuck it, I'm busy. Can't do it. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm busy." Um, but no, he just if, lost service. So, but for okay, but for me, it's if I know I'm drafting my team, what I'm not gonna do is go in an area <laughs> where I could possibly lose service, like the fucking Westport River. So, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, you're right. Speaking of losing service, <laughs> yeah, Mason's gone. Oh, I just he's here. lost my. I, I'm here. I just lost my fucking camera. Oh man, it's all right. Twitch viewers will uh, have to do with us for now. But yeah, uh, my draft was yesterday. The acting commissioner Matt Souza put out the draft grades, and I gotta say, oh yeah. some people the wrong way. And that's why I prefaced or gave the discla- the disclaimer saying. Any type of disputes or rebuttals will be ignored. Oh, so you're not gonna you're not gonna address it on this here podcast. I'll talk about it, but if you're gonna argue with me, I'm just gonna ignore that. Damn, probably not. Well, let's let's go into it. Let's just talk about the draft grades because we can kind of talk about the teams as we talk about your grades. Okay. So, so okay. this this segment is called uh, um draft grades. By Commissioner Souza. At the top of this list, Jake Fryer, the two-time champ, gets an A 
Mason, an A, which is the highest grade. The highest grade, which is a 94 to a 96, if that's how your grading mechanics go. Yeah, this is what commission- highest grade, I'm sorry, highest grade that I gave out, not right. the highest grade possible. Because, I mean, if you were to draft an A-plus team, I mean, you really, you'd have to do something spectacular. Yeah. But Jake Fryer said, um, gets the grade, and the commissioner says, it's hard to beat the RB combination of Bijan, Jacobs, and Lamar Jackson. And if Mike Williams can be what he was when you had him last time, then we might be fucked. Ordinarily, I would look at Drake London and Gabe Davis and yawn, but since they're on your team, I'm terrified of the breakout seasons. So you think with his receivers and the combination of running backs, he drafted the best team. Let me look yes. at this guy's team again. Let me, let me bring it up again. So yeah, um, Lamar Jackson, B. John Robinson, Josh Jacobs. And then uh, you got Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams. And then you got to account for the bench. I mean, Marvin Mims, Michael Gallup, Nico Collins, they are guys that if you needed to, you could start and maybe get some production. There are plenty of teams, especially in a 14-man league, including my own, where if someone happens, something happens to your starter, like you are getting three points maximum from your replacement. So I think bench depth, is important and that is part of my uh my decision when i factored in the overall team um but i think it's well balanced and i mean i think lockett and mike williams are pretty good receivers considering he got Bijan, josh jacobs and lamar jackson with his first three picks uh joku is a tight end but it's better than most and uh and and london and gabe davis that's where i was saying ordinarily i see those as kind of weak flexes but I, I can what see them doing? going off because they're on his team. And I know that they have that potential too. So what you're doing is you're factoring the Friar luck towards it. Yes. Yeah. So a bit. If, if, if this team was drafted by say someone like Mason, it would Bums. not get an A. They, it, it would get a <laughs> C plus at best. No, 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 no. Not a C plus, but I, I can't answer that. Not a that C plus, just a C minus. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. No. Moving on. But here's, wait, 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 wait. Here's what I'm going to say about Fryer real quick is that Drake London, I've heard rumblings. Mm. Kyle Pitts. I've heard, yeah, I've heard whispers in the bushes. No, I've heard, I've heard it's, it's got to be different. Susan's got whispers in the bushes. I got rumblings in the forest. Uh, grass. Uh, rum, rumblings, rumblings in the sand. I got rumblings. Sand. I got rumblings in the dunes. In the dunes. Okay? In the dunes. Yeah. That, uh, Kyle Pitts has looked kind of like Kyle Shits in no, practice. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk about practice. Well, hey, you didn't say preseason. I you just did though. Glenn, stop listening. No, 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 no. It's not what I meant. Um, but no, I think I here's the thing about Friars team is that I think Souza, you're right. Like these are a bunch of guys. I am ultimately, besides like Lamar, Bijan, and probably Lockett, I'm like iffy on. But, and if they were on anyone else's team, I'd be like, damn, that team stinks. Or not, they stink. But they that team is not going to be set up for success. But because they're on Friars' team, every single person that could be a bust is not going to be a bust. So. Right. Uh, I just want to point out that the Friar Luck is going into these draft grades and reviews because, like I said before, 
this was Mason's team, it would not be an A. Just want to make that clear. No, 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 no. Hey, I gave Fryer dead. He was dead last last year. So it's not so just because year. his Friars is a good team. Like he had a mm. what I thought was a bad team last year, and he made it to the toilet. So I think I was right with that. Just uh something to think about. So Sousa's got on his Jake Fryer underwear. Uh, moving on to Zach. Get the Sacred Zach, Heart onesie. Zach gets an A minus, which is the next best grade after an A. And the commissioner says depth is generally hard to come by in a fourteen man league, but Gibson, Lazard, and Dobbs are solid bench guys. The starting lineup is well rounded with a risky but potentially rewarding tight end and Kincaid. This team has a high floor, in my opinion. Mason, you want to read off the starting lineup for Zach as it stands right now? What'd you say? I said, would you want to read off the starting lineup for Zach as it stands right now? Um, so Zach's starting lineup is as follows. Yep. Tua Tagovailoa nope. at quarterback. Nope. Tony P at running back. Kenneth Walker at running back. Amon Ra. The tablet of Akmu Ra himself. Wide receiver one, Debo, wide receiver two, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Chris Godwin, wide receiver flex one, Terry, flex two, Chargers defense. All right. So, Susie, you give him an A minus. Um, yeah, I your, think. You, I he has think, all your favorite um, guys Ken Walker, Debo, Chris Godwin. I think. Um, Considering he didn't go wide receiver heavy, like what I did, because uh, he got Pollard early. He got Ken Walker, I think, round three. He still ended up with four pretty solid wide receivers in his starting lineup, in addition to having Tony P and Ken Walker, who Perry. If, as long as he's as long as he's healthy, Ken Walker should be pretty good. And um and Tua can have blow up games. I know you guys were shitting on him for not taking Rodgers, but this man has put up 38 points. 29, 24. He was hurt a few games last year. So that kind of made him finish at QB 15, but I think he's he can be decent. Um, so I think it's well rounded. And with those guys, I do believe is a pretty high floor. I can't really see him having a shit week with these guys. And I know Terry's kind of meh, but like he's as your second flex, I I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't I don't think Terry should be anybody's second flex. He dropped heavily in this draft. Yeah. Um but yeah, all right. We'll see. We'll see how it feels for Zach. I mean, the biggest guy I have questions, and we've talked about. I think we all do. Is Debo? Uh, so I mean, if Debo's what? good, with Kittle kind of already being hurt, is groin yeah. an issue? That does work. That to opens his things advantage. up for Debo and Ayuk. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. But it's whether or not Brock support, uh, Brock Purdy can support them. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Next on our list, going down another A minus, the last A on the board. And this goes to Brandon Gomes. Commissioner Souza says very solid team all around. Great quarterback, solid running back, and wide receiver cores, and likely serviceable flexes. Even the bench has viable options in a pinch. Also, well balanced. Mason, what's his lineup looking like? Uh, Gomes' lineup is Joe Burrow, quarterback, Nick Chubb, RB1, Rashad White, RB2, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver one, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver two, Evan Ingram is tight end, Isaiah Pacheco, flex one, Juju, 
Smith Schuster flex two and Jaguars defense. That lineup is about to experience a loss in week one because he is facing my team. Let's go. <laughs> Put that out there. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, Gomes has some good spots. Sousa, I think you hit the nail on the head. Very solid all around. Um, I think the difference that's going to be for him is if Juju has any fantasy relevance on the Patriots with Mac Jones. And if, Pacheco, and if Pacheco can stay consistent, Jerick McKinnon's still there. So it's going to be the flex production. I think Garrett Wilson's Definitely. a stud. Joe Burrow's a stud. Nick Chubb's a stud. Who's his RB2? Rashad White. I'm not high mm. on him, but he is the guy. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Is he? Because the, uh, the rookie there is going to be taking some touches from him. What's his name? The rookie? Sean uh, Tucker. Yeah, yeah, Tucker. Isn't that the Tucker. news guy from Family Guy? Tucker right in the pussy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's projection for 12 and a half. So obviously ESPN likes him. But I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Up next on our list, we have the second place man, Brendan Borges, getting a B plus. The commissioner says solid RBs and wide receivers with Hertz at quarterback. I also see big things coming from Darren Waller, which is scary. A lot comes down to Swift and McKinnon and whether they can be reliable weekly starts. So, a B-plus because he has Jalen Hurts, Tyreek Hill, who's his RBs? Ramondre and Miles Sanders. And then he also has Swift and McKinnon. So a team with Miles Sanders is getting a B plus. God, just he automatically nullifies any like any type of good grade. Yes. Yeah, Stevenson and Sanders, I think, will be solid. And you got Hertz and Tyreek, who are going to be like guaranteed thirty to forty points every week. And um, and Sutton, you know, Tim Patrick gone for the year. Judy's already not not he's he's questionable for week one. I think Sutton will do well. Darren Waller. I think it'll have a really good season and might be the best value at tight end this year. But it all comes down to the flexes, um, which I think are worse than or less likely than um, Gomes's flexes. Swift and McKinnon. We'll see. Swift was Mason sleeper. I was actually listening to that today. Um, and McKinnon, we saw what he could do. We did. Annoyingly so. Uh, so we'll see. But I think it's a solid team. Hmm. All right, um, Jake A, and the A is for asterisks. Gets a B plus. <laughs> That's Damn. great. That's great. Um, the commissioner says, why is P. Ryan projected for more points than Javante? If this becomes a regular thing, then you'll be set up for success. A solid overall team with Kelsey being the centerpiece. Will he get you, the promised land? Will he get you to the promised land yet again? I don't know, Sousa. We got some news to discuss. I know you wrote this before the news broke. Mm. But, um, yeah, why is P. Ryan projected for more than Javante Mason? Um, I don't know. Wait, I don't know. What the fuck? Why? I'm not the news guy. You're the P. Ryan guy. P. Ryan, P. Ryan is actually projected for more points than... Uh... Yeah, he's better for 11 and a half. I think Javante is 10-something. 
Interesting. I know. Do they know something we don't? Probably receptions, maybe. Who who has who has Javante? I do. You have Javante? Yeah, so this doesn't this is rubbing Glenn the wrong way. Yeah. I mean P Ryan, you know, he's fine and all, but I mean look, I think I think honestly, dude, what they might do is they're probably gonna do a little bit of what they're for a lesser extent, I think, gonna do with Brees Hall is they're gonna ease him in. Um, so P Ryan might start off having, you know, the predominant predominance of the carries, but eventually, you know, they'll give more to Javante as the season goes on. Kind of like a pitch count, but not an actual pitch count. You know what I mean? Which I think yeah, they're gonna I, be doing to a certain degree with Brees Hall with Dalvin Cook in New York as well. I think you're right. It's gonna come down to like a maybe a 50-50 split, but I think P Ryan is more likely for receptions. And since we have half PPR, I think that's given them that extra bump, uh, that tiebreaker, if you will, is the, the reception piece. Uh, so, yeah, P. Ryan's there right now. He's got Damian Pierce, Alexander Madison. I think those are solid running backs to have. Jalen Waddle, which you think you're calling out him to have a Tyreek season this year. So that would be crazy. Now, he has Pickens as his wide receiver, too, which really isn't that amazing. But when you factor in that he has Kelsey, Kelsey is essentially going to give you that wide receiver one production. So if he is, if you think of his points as wide receiver one points and Pickens production as your tight end production, it's actually not that bad. Um, Essentially Pickens plus Kelsey will equal a good receiver plus a mediocre tight end or better actually. And then Brian Robinson has a flex, Piran has a flex, good old Geno Smith at quarterback. I think it's a good team and the saints d that could be something this year and he's, a, he's also he's also i think the bigger thing for him is that if he can get off to a hot start he has J, uh, jsn on his bench and i think a lot of people figure that he's going to factor into that seahawks offense at some point and he does have the geno smith jsn stack if he wants it hmm. um so we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's a long season. Injuries could happen. But I also think a lot of people are expecting JSN to get a significant target share based on his pedigree. Yeah. Um, the B plus, I didn't really you – know, I looked at Jake's team, but then once I heard you just talk about Gino, now it makes sense. Um, Souza gave himself yep. a B. And here's what he had to say about his team. If everyone stays healthy, it's a big if in fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I think this team will deliver. But we're talking about Keenan Allen, Mostert, and Mike Evans here. Not exactly the poster children of durability. Also, waiting on tight end sucks. But you got Chigga. Chigga? Chica Conquo, um, yeah, so he uh, – that's a dart throw, but he showed me some signs of, of hopefulness, so we'll see how that goes. I, he, I think I was the last one. I think Craig was the last one to take a tight end, but I took one in that same round. So we got to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, I really like my receivers, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. If all stays well, I think they're going to really produce pretty well. And Khalil Herbert, Raheem Mostert, they are starting running backs. Khalil showed what he could do without Monty last year. Raheem Mostert, I know he's one play away from 
snapping his leg or his arm. But um, when he plays, I forgot about that. When I he produces, when he plays, he, he produces. And then Justin Herbert at QB, I'm really excited for. He had 5,000 yards just about last year. I think he's going to get the t- touchdown totals up this year from 25 to like 30 plus, maybe even 40. I'm excited. But my bench is what I was talking about. I'm one of those teams without a reliable bench. If someone goes down, who the hell am I going to start? Devontae Parker, Tajay Spears, Chuba Hubbard, Kenneth Gainwell. I Basically, what I did was I filled my bench with potential, you know, like, like, I think the, I th- the fit the fab dump on waivers that like I'm trying to get them ahead of time. I'm trying to get that Tajay Spears because Derrick Henry gets hurt, or Kenneth Gainwell ends up being the starter over Swift and Penny because they're injury prone. You know what I mean? And Charbonnet, I think, is a decent. I think flex, I was just going to say I had I to think start him, but your your best bet is Charbonnet because the way I see it, I'm no fortune teller. We have Khalil Herbert and Raheem Mostert. Yes, and I did draft. Uh, Devon A-Chain, just in case, okay, behind Mostert. There's a good. Jeff Wilson factor later on. Jeff but. Wilson's on IR out for the first four weeks. So you, you at least have the option of Mostert, A-Chain. You figure week one, you're rolling Mostert because A-Chain, you know, he's getting back to full health. Probably not the move to start in week one. But you see A-Chain, how he does week one, maybe shows you better stuff than Mostert does when you swap those two out. Problem is, once Jeffrey comes back, where you're going to see, like, I feel like a three-headed monster between the three. And I think you have a better shot at Charbonnet breaking out and being something more reliable than mm. either of those two running backs. Oh, the, way I, the way I look at it, though, since I drafted four receivers right away, my running backs are essentially acting as my flexes because I went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. You know, instead of drafting, instead of filling up my two running back slots, I just drafted more receivers. So, if they can give me flex or better production, then um, then that's really all I need. And I really hope Charbonnet becomes something because I feel like I'm going to need it given these guys and their injury history. Last time I started, last time I drafted Mostert and started in week one, he ended his season in the first game. Just throwing that out there. I hope that's not true, Susan. <laughs> it, is. it is. This was a few years ago. He's on the 49ers. Um, and that was it. Susan, I, I um, I honestly like your team, man. Um, I think you have a lot of people that I think have good up- upside. Um, like just on your, I know you're saying like on your bench. Um, like I, I think the thing is though is like those kind of players that you have on your bench, I think potentially might look like shit now, but I think potentially by mid season, those can be startable guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's what I'm hoping for. Susan, I'm going to say this. I think you have two two of your four wide receivers, I think, are on a path to be better than they were last year. However, I think two of your wide receivers have a pretty good chance at regression than last year. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be excellent. He's going to be fucking great. And he might finish as a top five wide receiver. I think A.J. Brown... Albeit pretty good. I'm gonna be honest. I think Devonta Smith's gonna be the better wide receiver this year. And I'm not just saying mm. that because you have AJ Brown. I'm just saying based on his reception numbers, AJ Brown was very touchdown dependent last year. He got a lot of yards on big catches, a lot of yards per catch guy. Um, depending if 
The Eagles don't take any regression, and Hurts continues to get better, which is hard to do from such a great season last year. I think Smith will be uh, the guy. And Goddard, if he plays a full season, too, is going to have some value. AJ will still be great. I'm not saying he's not going to be, but I, I don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. Mason's loving this. I, love, I do. Both, both Smith and Goddard. And I'm facing him this week. So we are going to have to see what happens there. And then as far as your other two receivers go, I think if Keenan Allen does play a full 17 games, if, and that is a big if, it can't be as bad as last year with Herbert. I think you're right about Herbert improving. He's going to be better. But Mike Evans, a wise man, told me he was going to stay away from the Bucs this year, and he lied to me. It's all so, Gomes' fault. I wanted Deontay badly. I was every mock. I got him as my second flex. I love it. I think he's going to get fed. I think the Steelers are going to be better, and he has to have more touchdowns than last year. But Gomes got any him less. right before me. The, he yeah. sniped him. The very turn, the very pick I was going to grab him. So I was a little shocked, shell shocked, but I went with Evans with the upside, you know, big touchdown guy, possibly. We'll see. Yeah. Moving on, um, Craig gets the same grade as you would be, as we had to say. I'm not sold on Christian Kirk and Jordan Addison at the moment, but at least you have some bench players that have the chance of being something useful if you need them. Other than that, I think you have a good foundation of a lineup. Hey, Mason. What does this lineup look like? Craig's lineup is as follows. Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Austin Eckler at running back one. Aaron Jones, RB2. Chris Olave, wide receiver one. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver two. Greg Dulcich, Dulce and Gabbana himself, uh, tight end. Christian Kirk, flex one. Jordan Addison, flex two. Eagles, defense. Darnell Mooney as well on his bench, which he actually did intend to draft. Good. Elijah Moore, too. I think Elijah Moore has a chance to, to do something this year. I think they I, both do. I yeah. like um honestly, I like Elijah Moore and Darnell Mooney better than the two flexes that he has in his lineup right now, Christian Kirk and Jordan Addison. I like Addison's prospects for sure. Um I but I think it'll be more of like a back half of the season thing. I'd be weary starting him immediately, but you know, I mean, I think he probably has more week one upside than more and Mooney anyway. So I think it's worth a stab for your second flex Kirk maybe underrated, but I don't know. There's potential. I just got to see it. You know, I'm not sold hundred percent, but I can, I can buy a little bit. Um, and then Ayuk with Kittle being injured. We don't know if he's going to be out week one, but that will only help. Ayuk. And I like Dulcich in my heart of hearts. He's there on my dynasty teams. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Craig was super salty about getting Dulcich. Um, but I mean, like, I don't know. I think we've talked about tight end on the podcast before. It's the position where if you don't have Kelsey, you don't have Andrews. Personally, I don't really like to buy into those guys in like the middle rounds, like Darren Waller, um, TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson, that you drafted. I didn't get him until like round eight or nine, though. Is what he's I'm a saying. middle tight end. He is, You're but nine? he went later. I'm swear, I thought so. I thought you got him round three. Round <laughs> three, he says. Uh, I guess I know, I know what you're saying, 
All right, but, I took uh, him. I took him uh, in the beginning of the seventh round. It's not bad. So means you could have took. But him you're on the turn, round. so it could have been the sixth round. Right. Whatever. Might as well be the sixth round. And we're not talking about my team. Round up to the fifth. All right. Yeah. I'm saying what I'm saying is is that if you're gonna take a tight end late, you take a guy that has a lot of upside. Like Souza took Oconquo kind of late, but he's got upside. Chick. Um. Yeah. And then Craig took Dulcich late. He's at least got upside. He's a good prospect. You know what I mean? We talked about, who was it, Jake's team earlier? No. Yeah. Where the? the... No. Uh, I, Zach's, team. Comes... Zach's team has Dalton Kincaid. That's a good tight end. He's got good upside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, it, when it comes down to it, I think Craig has a base of three really good guys. And it's going to be up to that third guy to play to his full potential. And that third guy is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones does Aaron Jones things on top of Eckler and Chris Olave, that's going to be trouble. Like the four for four special. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying he's going to do that every week. Jordan Love, that quarterback now, we don't know what to expect from Aaron Jones and the A.J. Dillon splits. I still believe in Aaron Jones as an RB2, even more than, say, if you went receiver heavy first and got him as an RB1. I like it. Um, and Austin Eckler is a man amongst boys. So it's good. Do I think he has the same team as Souza? No, I think one is not like the other, but they got the same grade. Well, you said there's a little bit of a spectrum. The A is a 94 to a 96. So there could be a better A than a, another A. You know what I mean? All right, I'm, I'm going to give Craig a, uh, an 86 and I'm going to give you an 84. How about that? Oh. Damn, you like his team more? I do. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then here like I am. It. Here I am with an eighty-three, at B minus. Um, and Susan uh, said, "You would, you would put me below you, you son of a bitch." Oh yeah, you're you're an eighty-one. Um, <laughs> and Susan said, "The reality is, there's a lot of unknowns on this team: Aaron Rodgers, Calvin Ridley, Jameer Gibbs, Javante um, Williams." And Dalvin Cook are all players who need to prove it. However, I do think the chances of them approving it are high. So Yeah, I mean, Gibbs is a rookie. Javante, he got hurt. It was splitting time before he got hurt. Ridley just came back after a long time. Cook, new team. Rodgers, new team. Even Marquise Brown, new quarterback, young quarterback. We got to see it. There's a lot we still have to see, um, even if they are veterans like Dalvin Cook. But I do think there's a good chance that more more likely than not, they will they will pull through and be pretty good. I like Ridley a lot this year. Yeah, I mean, the thing with me is a lot of new faces in new places. Calvin Ridley, Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook. And the biggest injury concern would be Javante Williams coming back to be the running back that he should be. Um, who is my wide receiver too? That's a good question. Ridley, because you have Chase. Oh yeah, Jamar Chase. You're forgetting about Chase. I was I was panicking for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I was <laughs> like, I get Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. He'll balance I, anything. I, I just I like the upside of the wide receivers. Um, with Hollywood Brown. 
as the who's my first flex? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was there. And my two flexes, I went best available on the board because I wasn't going to reach for a flyer like somebody else who has the potential to be, you know, break out into somebody. I'm going with the known facts. And Dalvin Cook, when he plays, is a great running back. I think Brees Hall, like you said before, is going to be eased into it. So maybe later in the season, it's not a good move having Dalvin Cook. But then again, Dalvin Cook's still Dalvin Cook. When he's on the field and if he's healthy, he's going to be getting touches. The Jets' offense is supposed to be – now it's supposed to be as good as its defense once was or, or was last year. And I think the Jets are going to be a wagon. Aaron Rodgers fell into my lap. I did not expect to get him after Craig took Trevor Lawrence. Um, I wanted to get Trevor Lawrence because I thought he would fall to me. And then Craig took him, which forced me to take TJ Hawkinson that round because I didn't want to draft a Sean Watson. I said, if I couldn't get the middle tier of guys who could break out like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and who's that other quarterback that's in there? I don't know. But that middle tier of quarterback, if I couldn't get those guys, I said I was going to wait. I didn't want to draft a Sean Watson. One, because he's a rapist. Two, because he scares me. And I don't know how he'll be this year. So in that middle area, I think it was round five, I was staring at Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Isaiah Pacheco, all these other guys. And I'm thinking, I don't like him. You know who I do like? I like TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to take him coming off a fat deal. Hopefully... He finished as the number two tight end last year at the tight end position this year. He's the second option in that Minnesota offense behind Justin Jefferson. I think he's a great red zone target. And for tight ends, you can't ask for much. So right. if he gets me more than what I'm asking for, that's just it's money in the bank. That's what it is. We're going to wait and see. It's a big potential team. And I, with Jamar Chase leading the charge, I like it. Yeah. You know what Craig's talking about on that round five deadline? Yeah. Like the round five. Yeah. Like like I just said, that tier of guys where it's like after, you know, the top tier running backs and wide receiver go and you're staring at, you know, your Mike Williams, Mike Evans. Like, like, it's like, do you make that decision? Yeah, I could add them because of their talent, but I really don't like them in this situation. Well, that's, that's where I drafted Mike Evans. Right, but that's, that's how that's I where, felt. <laughs> that's where that's where Craig went quarterback. Like he decided to take Trevor Lawrence because he didn't feel like 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 better upside with Trevor Lawrence there, and I would say a, a better floor too with Trevor Lawrence than the skill position players in that round. And I decided to do the same thing, except with the tight end position, yeah. T.J. Hawkinson. I did something similar last year with Dallas Goddard. Like, I wasn't seeking out Dallas Goddard. He just kind of fell into my lap last year. And I was like, well, it's the best, you know, position I'm going to get. I didn't really like the other guys around that area as far as wide receiver, you know, running back. Sometimes it just happens. It's the way your draft works. That's yeah, happened yeah. to me as well. Yeah. We're, we're going to see. We're talking about Mason now getting also a B-. minus. Mm-hmm. Susan says, there are definitely some good players in this team, and they will probably beat my ass to kick off the season. Reverse psychology. However, start early. I do see some long-term risk with having Josh Allen slash James Cook 
and Devonta Smith slash Dallas Goddard, in addition to not having a replacement for Jamal Williams when Alvin Kamara returns. Mason, what say you? Yeah, so here's my thing, right? So my draft strategy basically was, I, so in the mocks I was doing this past weekend, I took Justin Jefferson first every time. I didn't even question taking anybody else. I know that we had talked about it privately, Glenn, and I said I was between Jefferson and McCaffrey. I was I never between Jefferson and McCaffrey. Yeah, I knew for a fact you were going to take Jefferson. I, I love it. was 100% taking Jefferson. So every single draft I did took Jefferson first. And then obviously the thing that's great about the first pick is it's the first pick. The thing that sucks about the first pick is then I have to wait for years for my second pick. And Chris Olave almost made it back to me, but I actually no, no, he would, he, he wouldn't have. Right. Cause yeah. I knew that Craig, I, Craig I was almost him. positive that you were going to take him. Glenn. And I would have taken him. Yeah, so I was like, there's no shot he's getting back to me. But I love Devonta Smith. Um, he's been kicking my ass for the past <laughs> two seasons. Yep. And I was like, you know what? I want some stock in this guy. So I made a pointed effort to get him. But what I wasn't counting on is that in every mock draft that I did, Patrick Mahomes goes first round. First round. Yeah. Usually at pick 12, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But it's always first round. And then it's usually two or three picks at the back half or the, the first part of round two. And then Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen by mid round two are gone. So then you have to make a decision of, do you want to go running back here? Because what I had been doing was taking Joe Mixon after I take Devonta Smith. So then I have Joe Mixon as my RB one, but then Josh Allen fell into my lap after Brennan took Hurts. And I was like, I can't pass this up. I'm taking no. Josh Allen. So I had the chance, Mason. And I'll tell you what. I didn't feel comfortable with it. I'm not, not saying that not having someone like Josh Allen is great, but I wouldn't like the look of my team if I passed on a Jameer Gibbs and say if Jameer Gibbs breaks out to the guy that we all want him to be, I would never forgive myself for passing on him. And albeit getting Josh Allen is fine. Um, I had to do it. I wanted Gibbs. I, the thing is, I, I got everybody I wanted. Josh Allen was still there, which made it tough. But I said, ah. And then as soon as I picked Gibbs, I was like, I know Josh Allen's not coming back to me because Mason has back-to-back picks. I said, I know he's going to take him. Well, I know you guys, we had talked about it. I think, especially in a 14-man league, the more that I think about it, I feel like quarterback is such a good positional advantage to have because of the extra two teams that have to roster guys that just simply do not have that 30-point upside potential, you know what I mean, week to week. Um, So that was my thought there. I was like, if I can get Allen or Hurts here, I'm doing it. I wanted Hurts. I thought Brendan was for sure was going to take Allen. He's an idiot um, for not. And I'm not just saying that because it's Brendan. Uh, Josh Allen got him to the championship last year. That's his guy. I, I was so Time shocked for a new guy. Hurts around. And I get it. I mean, it's a toss-up between Hurts and Allen. But I was just shocked. And if you, you would have had he, that. You think he was trying to go like a two uh, big galaxy brain move? You think he was trying to like. Like go ahead of the curve. Like I predicted yeah. Jalen Hurts to be the number two quarterback this year. If you go back to our quarterbacks episode. And Josh Allen Look, finished three. So. I don't think it's ridiculous that he took Jalen Hurts instead. No. 
Like I I'm think we all agree. The, right. I'm saying the sentimental value. Like, like I, oh, I tend yeah. to get guys yeah. who get me there. Like I'm, I was a big Adrian Peterson guy. You know, like that. That's it. like I will seek out these players if they've done well for me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm no, sure that's the same for you guys too. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And that was the thing too is that once I took Josh Allen, I kind of changed my draft strategy a little bit because in all my mocks, I did not have a quarterback. Usually, what I would do is I would wait until. Lawrence and I would kind of reach for him a little bit but it was one of those things where like in the mocks he definitely would not have gotten back to me yeah but that was the thing that was tough about having the first pick is like I had to determine when I wanted to reach for certain guys that I know that I specifically wanted like I feel like I probably went a little early on Dotson and I probably went a little bit early on Zay Flowers but those two guys I'm high on, I think they both have really high upside, and I'm comfortable with those guys as my flex. Um, you know, talk to me in three months when both of them suck dick. But <laughs> it, it, And it's a waiting game. You look at it right now, you say, oh, that's a reach. Like, Dotson going before Terry, that doesn't happen in most drafts. But if it works, Mason, then that's the part where you look back and you say, big brain moves. Well, and so, and the other thing is to answer Susan's question. Obviously, it's a risk that I took Goddard and Smith, right? But I, my thing is that I think the Eagles have a high-powered enough offense to where both of those guys can be supported. They're both elite at their position. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm comfortable taking that risk as well because, God forbid. Long as no one gets hurt, I should basically have almost 60 points guaranteed a week between Jefferson and Allen. You know what I mean? So that automatically puts me in a pretty decent position to win games. Because there were times last average you're assuming. No, 35 for Allen. 25 is 25 for Justin Jefferson. No, I'm saying they have they have that upside, is what I'm saying. They have that upside. Okay. But what I'm saying is they put me in an advantage to at least be in every game that I play. Whereas, like, I don't really think that I had that last year, you know? And then just to finish off quick, as far as my bench goes, I took guys I think I have a lot of high upside um, for later in the season. Obviously, um, someone you guys know I've talked about on the podcast I'm ridiculously high on is Jalen Warren. I definitely reached to get him, but... I think that he's going to take the starting job. I'll be honest. I think I think you have more potential guys than I do. Uh, Jalen Warren, um, Jameson Williams. We talked about too. I, th- I I like I like him, Mace. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah. a lot of a lot of people, they're you know, rumblings in the sand. Roshan Johnson from the Bears. Sorry, Souza. Yes, yeah, uh, could could potentially be the starting running back. Some Bears beat people. It's all gas by like a few weeks into the season. So you put it on the board. Yes, we put it on the board. Susan? gas. Roshan, or is it? Gas? Or is Mason's take what goes on the board? I don't know. Mason didn't say gas. Mason just said he heard something in the bushes or the sand. No. Rumblings in the sand. The rumblings in the sand. I, oh, how do you pronounce his name? Or how do Roshan you spell Johnson. R O S C H O N Johnson. I think the take is 
Roshan Johnson's going to be the lead back. That should go on the board, not that he's gas. No, you know what I, I mean? got gas. Okay. Roshan equals gas. Um. Oh, then the, the last thing I'll say about my team, also relating to the Dallas Goddard Devonta Smith thing, I took Sam Laporta, another guy from the offense of the Detroit Sam Lions. Laporta. So I took I took guys I think have high upside. Obviously Williams, I'm gonna have to wait on six games. Um, but you know, it's guys hmm. that I think can compensate for my my holes of running back right now if things pan out correctly for me. And if they don't, then I'm gonna have a hold of running back all season. And that's just the way it's gonna be, unless I make some trades. So we know how much you like making trades, so that's a pretty good option. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. After Mason, we got JV who also gets the grade of a B minus. Um Susan says CMC will be nasty. Will be nasty. I guarantee CMC will be nasty. And Higgins slash DK should be reliable. But the trajectories of Christian Watson, James Conner, Kyle Pitts. Deshaun Watson. Sorry. Oh, Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. Deshaun Watson, not Christian Watson. James Conner, Kyle Pitts, Michael Pittman Jr., and Odell Beckham Jr. are all over the place. It could very well work out, but it's hard to gauge. Watch Pitts go off this year. Tell you what, if Kyle Pitts goes off for anybody, I'm glad it's for JV. Fair. Yeah, yeah it's fair. I think um, any team with Christian McCaffrey on it has a fighting chance. So, yeah, and I agree. And I like Higgins and DK um, as his receivers. I mean, I like – I should say, I like T. Higgins as his wide receiver one and DK as his wide receiver two. I think T. Higgins is great. DK, we're going to see. If Gino's your guy and you think he's going to be as good as you say he was, should be no problem for DK. But the thing is with Pittman, OBJ, I don't mind those guys at flexes. It's going to come down to volume and if it's going to be enough for viable flex production. I don't mind them as flexes. If Michael Pittman was like his wide receiver too, okay. I'd be a little alarmed. And even Deshaun Watson, maybe he does better than I think he's going to do. I think he's got a solid team. I think B-minus is a fair grade. But do I think his team is better than mine or Mason's? We're going to find out. I I mean, I think think JV's team is pretty solid. The only two things that I think scare me are three things. Michael Pittman Jr., Odell Beckham Jr., Deshaun Watson. Who's his RB? Deshaun two? Watson for different reasons. Than James Conner. Who's his RB one? Oh, Chris McCaffrey. I, I honestly James Conner at RB two be okay. I think he'd be I fine. Think, I, that's, that's I like that. I don't hate that. I don't. Oh, we, I don't hate it. The Cardinals' offense could blow cock though. Right, but the shining spot on that cock is going to be <laughs> James Conner. I like James Conner more than I like Hollywood Brown, and I have Hollywood Brown. I think if anyone has a shot to be fantasy relevant in that offense, it's James Conner. Yeah, Just I would based on that. what he's brought to the table for the past couple of years in Arizona. Now we're getting to C territory as we round out these teams. Panacho gets a C plus. Susan says it's been said that you have to take risks, and this team did it by taking Cooper Cup. 
Even Dobbins and Kill can be considered risky picks. But if these risks pay off, they would be monumental, especially with Fields and Saquon. But for now, Trey Burks, Kadarius Tony, and Aaron Jones' handcuff will have to do. I'll tell you what. We talked about the potential uh, upside for my team as far as new tra- new faces and new places. The potential upside for this team, I'd say, is even greater. But I think the risk is so far greater because of injury history with this team. And you got to factor that in there. I, I love Cooper Cup to the moon. Mm-hmm. But this shit that I am hearing about his hamstring, I don't like that. You guys I, hear, need... I hear that he could miss as much as a month. <sighs> Again, if you're playing a long-term game, fine. But you got to get there. Got to get to that long-term. This could be a team that's he has a, a fucking wagon. I was just going to say, come, he has come. a history of doing it before in the past. Drafting these guys who are out for a few weeks and did it last he survives year. and then they're in last this lineup. Year, last year he didn't survive. And he had arguably the best team from the playoff weeks on. He went off in that consolation ladder. That's right. What I'm saying Mm -hmm. is, you know how I feel about J.K. Dobbins. Send that guy to the fucking moon. I got. I he needs to prove me wrong. I'm sorry. He just does. Like, and if he does this year, congratulations to Panacho. But I gotta see it. George Kittle at tight end. Sure. I, I don't mind it. He's already hurt. But he's already hurt. And then he said, <laughs> the funniest line of the draft was, uh, he drafts Kadarius Tony and he says, I need someone who's going to play if Cooper Cup doesn't. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, is Kadarius Tony that guy? <laughs> he's that. I don't know about that. And I love Tony uh, too. Like, like the thing is, like the upside on these guys are, are just, they're there. Insane. There's no, it's there's insane. No, there's no denying it. But it's just, I feel like it's too many risks on one team. Glass bones and paper skin. That is good, Tony. You got to be fair, though. I mean, I feel like to win a championship, this is what you have to do. You need that lottery ticket kind of guys because being good isn't enough. You know, you can get to the playoffs, but like to win it, you're going to need these guys who go off and your team scoring 140 points, 130 points. So I don't, from, I don't mind championship experience. It's from my life experience, Glenn. Uh, sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Forgive me. I know you did. Um, so C plus for Panacho, and I'm guessing the C plus is like I said. We just talked about the upside. I'm guessing it's mainly on the risk. Yeah, I mean, I love Fields and Barkley. It was hard to pass up Barkley. I took CD over him, but Burks with Hopkins there, eh. There's not a ton of passing volume in Tennessee, and now Hopkins is there. So I'm not too favorable on him. Kittle's injury is three. A.J. Dillon's not the guy, uh, obviously Tony. And I'm not sold on Dobbins, and I'm not sold on D.J. Moore yet. He thinks D.J. Moore could be very nasty, especially with, you know, he has a field stack too. But he's always just been a two. So yeah, I, I mean, him him going to Chicago – it's not so much on DJ Moore being nasty. It's on if Justin Fields can get him the ball. I, I mean, Justin Fields is a, an elite fantasy quarterback as he as he kind of emerged last year into that high floor rushing guy. But it's not like he was slinging the shit out of the ball. 
Like, can he make someone a wide receiver one like DJ Moore? I think DJ Moore's ceiling is wide receiver two because that's what he's been his whole career. Yeah. I mean, Mooney was decent with um, – I think he was decent with Andy Dalton maybe. Um, or maybe I'm going was too Nick far Was it Nick Foles? Back. Maybe that's what it was. I think he was decent like before Fields took over. Um, but then when Fields took over, he kind of fell off a cliff because of Fields wasn't as great in the beginning. I do think he took a step forward at the end of the end of last year. So if he is better than that, maybe. Um, it comes down to is DJ Moore that much of a better talent to make that difference? Um, it could work out. But I gotta see out. it. I gotta see yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, up next, uh, my dad gets a C plus and here's what you said. This team would be a good case study on the effects of taking both a quarterback and a tight end early in a deep league. The term that comes to mind when looking at this team is glass cannon. Can you explain that before I move on? What does glass cannon mean? Um, from my understanding, at least it's like, it's like all offense, like like a high chance of of a powerful punch basically but very fragile at the same time it's kind of like if you had like a character in a game that has like high offensive stats but like no defense so they're fragile but they can hit hard am i right mason yes that is exactly correct um mahomes derrick henry and mark andrews and even Christian Watson could blow your balls off any given week. <laughs> but I can see some 60-point weeks, too. It's fair? Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, I think all 14 of us, or I should say 13 other people, knew what was coming after the first two rounds. Um, if I had to make a bet on FanDuel that Patrick Mahomes would be the first quarterback off the board and the person to get him would be Lenny and a senior. would be a very rich man. Yeah. But I'm not because I didn't bet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happens every year. You get the best quarterback out of the position, tries to get the best tight end of the position or the best defense available. Like Mark Andrews isn't the best tight end, but you know what I'm saying. Tries to load up his starters – Albeit a different strategy as far as picking positions. Yeah. Like he might take he might take a hit at wide receiver if he knows he has a guaranteed top three quarterback or a guaranteed, you know, top tier tight end. Guaranteed top tier defense. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes. Sometimes it's gonna work. Sometimes you're gonna be in the consolation line. Yeah. His wide receivers are Christian Watson and Brandon Cooks. Watson he exploded with Aaron Rodgers and with insane efficiency. We're talking three receptions, three touchdowns. Was Jordan Love going to give him that? No. I doubt it. Um, He's not. Brandon Cooks, we don't know. He's older. There's other guys there like Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. I like Sky Brandon Moore Cooks more than I like flex. Watson. There you go. Sky Moore is a flex. I mean, we all know it's Kelsey or nothing on that team. He doesn't have Deion Jackson. Which will be fine with with could be fine with Jonathan Taylor out, but um, hey, it might not be fine, be fine. That could be fine the whole year. It could be fine the whole year. Jonathan Taylor, there is a chance that he does does not come back. 
Well, um, I, I think that depends, though. I don't know if Deion Jackson's going to have the starting role. I heard today that go the coach, the, yeah, well, the coach said that they're, they're leaning toward Zach Moss, taking the majority of the carries. They're just not sure if he's going to be there week one or not. Yeah, that's the thing. He, I'm expecting Zach Moss to miss a couple weeks. He broke his arm in uh in the offseason. But um, if he was healthy, I would say, yeah, Zach Moss is the guy. And then they have rookie Evan Hull and Deion Jackson, who was decent last year when he started. So it just might be a rotation once Let's everyone's see. back. Moving on to Chris. Uh, we'll go over Chris real <laughs> quick because he gets a C. And Susan says, it became clear Chris only gave himself 30 minutes to draft when we saw him go to Autopic on the sixth round. Albeit, with recent discovery, Sousa. Yes. You've changed that statement. Uh, giving us flashback to Team Tipwell. You managed to grab some really nice players, and we'll be excited to see them play in November. But for now, I don't think starting two tight ends will get you very far. Yeah, I mean, Chris auto-drafted after his, you know, can we name his top players right now? Do you want me to go um, through his, his lineup? Like I potential top players or or current. just the, the the first players that he drafted. Stephon Diggs, one of them. Yeah, he got yeah. Diggs and then Brees Hall and Mixon and Amari Cooper. I think those were his first four guys. And Brees Hall's another guy. He might not even start. He might not do well. And he doesn't even have a replacement. Kamara Taylor and Brees Hall are his only running backs. Sounds great, but when you realize they might not play week one. <laughs> Or almost guaranteed to not play week one. You got scared. Again, the potential's there if everything works out. But yeah. You got to wait. And, like, this is a guaranteed wait. It's not like Panacho's team where these guys could play week one. You know Taylor's missing time. You know Kamara's missing time. You know Brees Hall isn't going to be full potential Brees Hall until he starts to get going. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to see. And then last but not least, Mr. Matt Amaral gets the lowest grade in the league at a C minus. We're talking a 72. Susan says, this reminds me of Fryer last year when I said he had the riskiest team in the league and he ended up in the toilet bowl game. Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, Cam Akers, Dalton Schultz, and Michael Thomas have a real chance of fucking you. And if ETN's goal line work goes to the tank, Tank Bigsby, of course, and I'm right about Devontae Adams being the fuck of the year, and I apologize. Hopefully Jerry Judy can step up this year. I'll admit it. words when it came to Matt Amaral's team. No, because I, I felt the strongest about it. When, during the draft, a lot of his picks surprised me. Adams was taken over a lot of people. Saquon, um, C.D. Lamb, Bijan, maybe, I forget Eckler. where Chris was. Diggs. Diggs. He's sure. a, he was in front of. Craig, I think Eckler so. and Diggs, Javante Adams, like pick five, I think. I was like, really? Uh, he, he's good, but I think a lot of other guys are more guaranteed. And then ETN in the second round, me personally, I'm not as high on. Uh, Hopkins, not high on. Michael Thomas, we know what could happen. But in reality, histor- history says probably not reliable. Dalton Schultz, guess we don't know. But I don't really want a pass catcher on that team. Daniel Jones, Najee Harris, we've said what we think can happen with Najee being very inefficient, maybe even losing the starting job, which I think is very possible. I was going for Jalen Warren Mason, but you took him. I don't like it. I just don't like it. 
All right. Anything you want to add, Mason? No, I think it was well said. Like, if I was to drop the mic, if I was drafting in his same spot, I don't think I'd have a single player that he has. If I drafted from that spot. Wow. (laughs) Maybe Cam Akers. I don't mind Cam Akers. I do. Actually, I don't, like I said, I don't mind him. Sean McVay. It's a different story. But, um, all right. Maybe I'm wrong. That is the acting commissioner's draft grades for the Westport Fantasy Football League. Obviously, um, a lot of people, a lot of people in the league do listen to the podcast. So, if you like what you heard, cool. If you didn't, take it out on Suzu. Well, I don't think I'm. I think it's now the draft is over. I'm officially not an interim commissioner, so it's not my fault. So you're not the acting commissioner anymore. I wouldn't think so. I still have the powers, but uh, he's back. Panacho's back. Not in the academy anymore. The league's set. I was in charge of the offseason, and that's over. So, so if I see wants problem, me to still do stuff. We're gonna have to clarify that because I, uh, you know, if I have a problem with something in the league, I was gonna go to you. Me? <laughs> no. But now we're gonna we're gonna see. Let's we'll talk about that. Um let's do the news with Susan. All right. We'll be quick with this. Uh, The Jets think uh, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook will play in week one. The team will be smart with Brees Hall's return. So expect it to play for now. Um, uh, Cooper Cup is still in Minnesota yesterday, seeing specialists for his hamstring. He's considered day-to-day, like I said. I was hearing things mean that was saying he could be out for as much as four weeks. Um. Let's see here. Travis Kelsey, probably the biggest thing. Hyper extended his knee at practice today and is now uncertain for week one because they play Thursday. Like, what are the like that's just a bad luck. You know, he injures he's injured today and he has the earliest game possible. Not good because he is a first round pick. I don't think he plays. Yeah, I don't I don't think, I don't I don't think he so plays. Either. They said that uh test shown that they they doesn't have a torn ACL, which is good, but there's extreme swelling in his knee. And like you said, Susan, because the game's on Thursday, I don't think it's likely for him to play. Mm. Uh, the Colts, I think Mason kind of touched on this, um, expected to use a running back by committee approach with Jonathan Taylor out. So, um, yeah, whoever's got the hot hand. They even worked out James Robinson the other day. Mm. So even more, you know, uncertainty from the coaching staff of their current running back situation. Devon A-Chain returned to practice today, no longer wearing a non-contact jersey. He had a shoulder injury. He seems to be okay now. Mark Andrews was not practicing for six straight practices, but with an undisclosed injury. But now he's he's set to return to practice tomorrow. And uh, Clayton Toon is going to be starting for the Cardinals. Jerry me up. is likely out. Um, and Andy Reid says Tony should be ready for uh, week one. Good. I'm starting and, in my dynasty league. And the Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, says we might use Gibbs 
Jameer Gibbs in some ways that people don't quite think we might, which probably means kick returner. Wait a minute. Just, just special teams. Imagine that shit. I will um, off myself. And something to consider. I don't think anyone has really talked about this. Not that it belongs on the board, but Van Jefferson is expected to be the wide receiver one if Cooper Cup is out. That's all I got. He's on my team. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I'm shitting that. Yeah. I picked him up late in the draft and uh, just for that reason. Hey. But again, one of those things you got to see to believe. It's all fine and dandy to say that someone's wide receiver one. But when you got Matt Stafford throwing a fucking the third string Jamoke, who's not Van Jefferson. Do that well. Third yeah. string Jamoke, you're forgetting about Ned Bigby. Mm. Um, you can poop that all you want. You know it's true. I will. Bigby was a Joff. Uh, Joff <laughs> was a Goff guy, not a Stafford guy. He's projected for more than my tight end is this week. Chigga? Yeah. Higby's projected for like over 7. 7.8 or something. That's pretty good. Wow. That is good. Anything else, Susan? Nope. Well, then you know what time it is. The official start of the pigskin pickums. Week one oh. is here. Which means, Susan... It's time for you to get those picks in. And Mason? That's right. It's time for us to not come anywhere close to the top of the leaderboard. I got to say, this this week one kind of caught me off guard. I got an update today saying someone, it might have been Kittle, unlikely to play week one or something like that, or it's out. And I'm like, how do they, how are they so confident in their decision? You know, All right, for game look. time. I'm like, wait a minute. It's This is the week where they need to make those decisions. It's, oh, yeah. It's, 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 week, it's one. week one. It's here. Get ready. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Pigskin Pigum is on ESPN.com. I will be posting the link to the Pigskin Pigum Stellar Seller Podcast group. If you join the group, you can go head-to-head with us three, myself, Mr. Mason Boyd, and our guest, Matthew Souza. And throughout the 18 weeks of the season in 2023, you have a chance to do better than us. And if you could do better than all three of us, all three of us, you get the special grand prize. And um, which we revealed at a later date. At a later date. And the same thing goes for the Eliminator Challenge, but that will be after the Pickums. So, ladies and gentlemen, wait, Mason, do you want to say something? Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, what I was going to say is, uh, what are you going to put the group? Are you making a group right now? Or are you going to make it after? It's already made. Oh, yeah, I just joined it. What's the group called, Glenn, so I can join? It's called the Stellar Seller Podcast. Is that all one word or in capitals? If you just type in Stellar Seller with the space, it'll be there. That's what I did. Um. ESPN picks five three two one six nine five four three is in there. Let's go. Let's go. Um, I'm in there, baby. All right. NFL kickoff. 
the reigning, defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, a possible Travis Kelsey-less Kansas City Chiefs, will host the up-and-coming Sousa's Detroit Lions. What are we thinking? Week one. The Lions have a shot to win this game in Arrowhead. Yeah, especially with Kelsey likely not being there. Yeah. But, but I got to go with the Chiefs. Got to go with the Chiefs. Mason? Uh, I'm going Chiefs as well. I'm going Chiefs too. Um, but I'm rooting Lions. for the Lions. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like go said, Lions, go. Imagine they drop their dick week one like that. In Arrowhead it, with Gibbs and their high-powered offense. With I'll tell you Gibbs. what, if they, if they do that, I'm officially a believer in the Detroit Lions. If they if they drop Trout in Arrowhead week one in a hostile environment, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, I'm all in on the Lions. The problem oh, is same. they finished the season strong after starting like poop. They ended Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay. He didn't make the playoffs. And everyone is – they ended on a great note to end the year in there, saying let's build on it with Dan Campbell. This is the team we got. And all systems go moving forward. And now the Lions are expected to be a playoff team for this upcoming season. The Detroit Lions, even longer than the Dallas Cowboys, have not been good, have not been relevant. It is a much different game when people don't expect you to be good and you just go out there and shock the world. You're underdogs, you're this and that. When a team now has expectations in the NFL, you got to live up to them. Like people know that the Detroit Lions are coming. They're not taking them by surprise anymore. People are getting ready for the Detroit Lions. So I got to see it through this season to believe it. And step one is in Arrowhead. If they go into Arrowhead and get the doors fucking blown off, watch out because the, the floodgates might just open for the Lions and people are going to be saying, what the fuck happened? If the Lions do somehow win, I need a wellness check on Craig. Yeah. Yep. Well, those are things. I need, a, like I said today, I've never seen more anyone more pissed off than Craig in the first quarter of a Chiefs game when the score is tied. So That's if the true. Lions somehow upset the Chiefs, Definitely sent out that wellness check. He did not deny it, by the way, when you did say that. So. No, he didn't, because he knows. Moving on to Sunday, we have the debut of Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers as they travel to Hot Atlanta to face the Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter. And more importantly, the debut of Bijan Robinson. NFC South matchup. Who's winning this game? It's kind of split down the middle. 49% picked Car- uh, Carolina, 51% picked Atlanta. Give it's me like the have, Falcons. Yeah, it's like they have the equal amount of suck. Um, and Sanders, Bijan, I don't know, Drake London, Adam Thielen. Give me the Panthers. Give me the rookie Bryce Young going in Atlanta and winning week one. I'm just going to lean on Bijan and the possibility that Pitts does something crazy. I'm picking the Falcons. All right. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals will be traveling to Cleveland as Deshaun Watson now starts the season with the Cleveland Browns 
uh, hoping to make something special with them. So the Browns win this game at home against Cincinnati. What does no. Joe Burr say? All right, it's time to step the fuck up and make a statement. Joe Burrow says, I'm, I'm sick of people talking about my quad. I'm fine. Here's my dick. Give me the Bengals. Sticking the Bengals, too. Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Indy to face Anthony Richardson and the Colts. I don't think there's a shot that the Colts beat the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, same. No. Yeah, the Jaguars being picked 94%. You and, and, haven't seen that in a long time. And it's so what? tough to say because it's a division game and anything can happen in a division game. We know this in the NFL. I don't think there's a shot that the Colts win this game. I might pick the Jaguars, I, my eliminator pick. I don't either, but watch in total NFL fashion. Like the Jaguar, everyone's so high on the Jaguars. They roll in and they fucking lose like 20 to 16 or something and Anthony, like that. Anthony Richardson just plays out of his mind with like five yeah. total touchdowns. And... Okay, yeah. then the score wouldn't be 20 to 13 if that was the case. No, no, it wouldn't <laughs> be. be. A, be lot a lot more. more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I picked the Jaguars. Give me the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are traveling up to Minnesota to face Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, and the NFC North winning Minnesota Vikings. See, as much as you didn't give the Colts a chance, I give the Bucks out of a chance to beat the Vikings. So, Vikings. Yep. I think the Bucks have a better chance to beat the Vikings than the Colts do to beat the Jacks. I disagree. I think I think the Bucks are a better, way better team than the Colts are. I think they have a better offense. I think they have way better defense. And I think the Jaguars are better than the Vikings. Mm. They're starting quarterbacks, uh, Baker Mayfield, man. Yeah. He stinks. And they still He's got Mike good. Evans. They still got Chris Godwin. Like, they have weapons. And Baker, nobody was really hot on the Baker towards the end of the season last year. He played well. And in the preseason, I'm sorry, not last year. I'm talking about the preseason. What? The preseason. The what? Pre-season. The what? Huh? The what? <laughs> what? All right, I forgot I said that. Vikings. <laughs> I love it. I had to stop myself because here I am gassing me up about the preseason. Vikings. Bucks don't yeah. have a shot in hell. They suck. Susie, <laughs> um, so you picking the Vikings too? Yes. Okay, the Tennessee Titans are traveling down to Nolens to face the Saints. I tell you what, I think this is more of a toss-up than people are giving it. But we're going to see Derek Carr in a Saints uniform, and we're going to see if uh, the Saints really can prove their worth this year in the NFC South. Give me the Titans, baby. Tighten up. Me too. Tighten up? Tighten up? <laughs> I'm going with the Titans. Oh, man. I thought I was going to pick the Titans, but you guys both picked it. I think the Titans are uh, uh, more, I don't know. They're better coached. They, their unit is more together than the Saints. You know, with, also, with Derek Carr heading you know, at the helm, but he's new, and then the running back situation is what it is. Titans Derek are the Carr same. What was Hopkins? I'm picking the Saints at home. If this game's in Tennessee, yeah. But at home, New Orleans? No. That's yeah, not going to matter. Something about the Superdome. Yeah. Who cares? 
right. Fuck myself, then. San Francisco 49ers are going to Pittsburgh. To face Pittsburgh. The we got Pittsburgh. Niners, right? I think this I one's think, closer than people give it credit for. But I think it is, too, and I think it's going to be a close game. I don't I'm think gonna Brock Birdie's going to... Oh, don't do it. I'm doing it. Oh, Give me don't. the Steelers oh, in Ketchup Jesus. Stadium, too. It's not Ketchup Stadium anymore. What? What is it? Oh, it's some pick and seal. So dumb. Some so mustard dumb. stadium. No, I don't know what it is, but it's not Heinz Field anymore. It's something so stupid. It's like a, it's like a bank name or something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Baco Stadium. Or something. I will go with the 49ers, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the 49ers, too. I'm sorry, Mason. That's. Too hot for week one. Acrisure Stadium? I can't even pronounce. A-C-R-I-S-U-R. Acrisure? Yeah, something like that. Named after a Michigan-based insurance brokerage company. Michigan-based. Oh, yeah. wow. You're not even in Pennsylvania. That's so dumb, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals are going to Washington, D.C. to face the Commanders. My boy Clayton Toon is going to tune me up. Against Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders offense. Commanders. Give me the Commanders. Mm. Yeah, Riverboat Ron. <laughs> the Houston Texans are going to Baltimore, which means I'm picking the Ravens. Yep. Uh, CJ Stroud's, de- Stroud's debut, though, in Baltimore. Tough matchup. Ravens um, got something to prove this year. Lamar Jackson got something to prove. They might be a scary team. And I think it starts by setting a statement game against the Texans. I'm talking like a fucking shellacking. Like we're going to be watching talking. Red Zone, and you'll be like, and this just happened in the Ravens game. And it's going to be either Lamar doing something crazy, you know, or safe flowers. Like, or pick six or something like it's going to be a, a Stroud's in for a rude awakening. He's going to get his ass handed to him this weekend. What's a, what's a flowers going to do though? I'll say flowers. Uh, probably, Three for 30. Uh, probably, yeah. Probably the two for 22. That's Kyle Pitts. That was mean. Three for 80. Three for 80. I think that's not bad. Yeah, nice 35 yard completion. Times two. Three then for a, 80. Then a 10 yard. No touchdowns, take, though. I'll take nine and a half points in my flex spot. That's fine. My flex that's, two. That's, excuse me. <clears throat> that's twice with reverse psychology. Oh, my God. That's right. I'm facing it. Oh, yeah. My God. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> um, the Green Bay Packers are God. going to Chicago to face the Bears. Oh, my God. And here's the thing. The Green Bay Packers used to own the Chicago Bears, but that was when they had Aaron Rodgers. Now we enter the Jordan Love era. Are these the same Packers or are these the brand new Bears with Justin Fields emerging? DJ Moore and company. Sousa's Khalil Herbert. Give me the, Packers. Give me the Bears. Oh, you're going to make me do it, huh? You're going to make me be the deciding vote? Yep. You're the Packers. I think Mason picking the Packers means he thinks Fields and his ability last year that he showed at the end of the year is gas. 
that's I, not no, what that means no. at all. <laughs> I, I love Justin Fields, but I just think the Packers are a better team. Really? I don't, do? think, I, don't, I don't think the Bears are a good team at all. There's a reason they got the number one pick last year. That's true. They sucked. So give me the Packers. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. I go to Denver to face the Broncos. The Sean Payton Broncos. The Russell Wilson Broncos. Maybe a new Russell Wilson Broncos. This is Maybe. a good game. And it's kind of down the middle. 49 and 51. I'll take the Raiders. You take the Raiders? <laughs> You're going to yeah. take the Raiders in week one? Yep. Uh, Mason? Morocco's country. I take the fucking Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that means I'm going to have to take the Broncos. I knew you were going to do that. You I knew it so much that I thought he actually wasn't going to do it. I'll be damned that Sean Payton loses his home debut against the Raiders. I think the Sean Payton him- isn't playing football. Oh. You can't give him all the credit in the world. Okay. Put that on the board, Glenn. Put it on the board. Sean Payton isn't playing football. Not play- that goes on the other side. Just like Bill Belichick, as great as his mind is, isn't playing football either. Can't make the Patriots go 10 and whatever it is, 6. Sean. It's 10 and 7. Peyton. Extra game, remember? Did you say does not play right. football or isn't playing football? Does not play football. <laughs> does not play football. And I'm going to look back at this board so as a reminder the next time I want to pick the Broncos. I love it. This is the other the other side of the board is like weekly sayings, kind of like how you guys did in AP stats. Yes, we're, just, we're gonna down with that stuff like that. So this one's Sean Payne does not play football. Let's go. Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Gillette Stadium to face the Yee. New England Patriots. Who made this schedule? This is gonna be fun. I feel like I made the schedule. This is a great game. This is right. This game right here is Craig versus Fryer because I hate both these teams, and uh, and one of them's gonna lose. One of them's gonna lose. You know, and it's gonna be the Patriots. So give me the Eagles. Yeah. I was. You should have seen me. I was pissing my pants at lunch today, listening to the radio. I was cackling like a little girl, listening to the local radio talk about the Patriots having a chance against the Eagles, and this and that. Oh man, it was so good. They're like, what if? What if the Eagles, you know, they got a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover and they go on in Gillette and then Bill Belichick just out coaches Nick Sirianni and Mac Jones, you know, does the thing with the Bill O'Brien. First of all, the way they talk about Bill O'Brien, it is like he is Jesus Christ himself, that he is going to be the absolute savior for this New England Patriots team. And I know, Mason, we go on, you have your Patriot rants. But that shit was funny, man. They were talking about Bill O'Brien like he is – like it was Tom Brady walking back in the building playing the quarterback position. That's Dude, what it it's, a, like. it's a joke. It's a joke. Like I the Patriots – the Patriots were like the brakes beat off of them, bro. Like like I said, if they have a good season, they'll win seven games. 
They're not good. They're going to go 0-6 in the division. Damn. Okay? They're not beating the Dolphins. They're not beating the Jets. And they're not beating the, beating the Bills. Unless Allen, Rodgers, or Tua goes down, they're not winning a game in the division. Give me the Eagles. Susan? Eagles. Eagles. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be rooting for the Patriots. But uh, I was also rooting for them in the Super Bowl when Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady. So, let's show what I know. Fair. Um, the Miami Dolphins are going to L.A. to face the Chargers. This is a good game. Another game right down the middle. 59-51. Uh, sorry, 49-51. Math wasn't mathing for a sec. Um, does Tua have enough firepower with that offense to outlast Justin Herbert and his offense? I'm taking the yes. Chargers. I'm taking the Dolphins. Oh, man. You guys can make me do this again? I'm going to take the Chargers. This is exactly what happened last year, by the way. I went way too crazy with my week one picks, and I was behind the eight ball the whole season. I mean, it's not crazy, so. Mason. I think the Dolphins have just as good a chance to win. I'm just saying the Chargers are going to win the game. You know, it's, it's a toss-up. This will be a fun mm-hmm. one. It's a pigskin yeah. pick them, if you will, you know? I got Herbert, Merster, and Keenan Erler in this game. I think this next game is going to be very telling about Matt Souza because his Super Bowl picks, the Los Angeles Rams, are going into Seattle to face Crazy. his favorite quarterback mm-hmm. in the league, Geno Smith. So now, do you like your Super Bowl pick? Or do you like your favorite quarterback? How favorite quarterback? Seahawks. Yeah. Seahawks. I'm picking them at least. Seahawks. So, so if the Seahawks win Week One, how do we expect the Rams to get to the Super Bowl by winning the rest of the games? <laughs> they're gonna go fifteen and one. No, they're gonna go sixteen and one. See, oh, the extra shit. game. <laughs> you got me. All right, but week one goes to QB1, Geno Smith. I'm picking the Seahawks, too. And I'm starting the Seahawks D, so they better not let me down. Mason? I'm taking the Seahawks. All right, cool. And then on Sunday night football, classic NFC East matchup, classic week one matchup. I feel like every other year, Cowboys face the Giants in week one. It's kind of sickening. Um, the Dallas Cowboys go to New York, MetLife Stadium to face the New York football Giants. And I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Me too. Same. All right. I'm glad we all agree <laughs> on that. And then Monday Night Football, this could possibly be game of the week. The Buffalo Bills go to New York to face Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers' debut in MetLife Stadium in front of the New York faithful. But Josh Allen is saying, no, 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 no. This is my division, bitch. You don't get to come in here and take what's mine. Because... 
Josh Allen has established himself as the king of the AFC East uh, as of late. And now Aaron Rodgers wants to do that. Who's going to win week one? The Bills. Bills. And unfortunately, no matter what my team does this week on Sunday, I got to wait for Monday night because Mason's got Josh Allen and James Cook. So I need to be up at least 40 points to maybe win. And I hate that. I'm picking the Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I think this win on Monday night is going to bring some spark around the league. Everyone's going to be saying, uh-oh, are the Jets the team to beat, dude? Aaron Rodgers, dude? They're Lord and Savior in New York? Aaron Rodgers, dude? Oh, no. Josh Allen, dude? You know, he dude. lost to Joe Burrow last year. Can he get back? I mean, he's losing to Aaron Rodgers week one. I think it's going to hey, be a big dude. talking point. But I think I like obviously I think we picked the Bills to win the division, but in Week One, it's it's gonna be the Jets making a statement, and I'm ready for it. And how many total points will be scored in Bills versus Jets? It's got to be 69. So we'll put that in for a tiebreaker. Fair, fair. And then let's go to the Eliminator Challenge. 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 One team per week, they must win, Suzo. Because last year, I picked the Broncos to beat the Seahawks and Russell Wilson's return to CenturyLink Field. And I couldn't have been more wrong. And I was done with the Eliminator Challenge in week one, so I didn't even get to fully enjoy it. I need to guarantee a win this week. So who do I pick? The Ravens. The Ravens against the Texans? Yep. I like it. Give me the Ravens. This is the week one eliminator pick. Any other honorable mentions? Eagles. Um, Are you looking to save a team that could potentially be a guaranteed win down the road? If you want to save the Ravens or the Chiefs or the Eagles, I would say Seahawks. Yeah, that's the game I played last year. I'll save those teams. I'll go with the Broncos. Doesn't work that way. No. No, it doesn't. I'm picking the Ravens as well. Cool. Okay. We're all in on the Ravens. We're all Here in we together, go. So we could all be out. Week one, Craig says new OC in Baltimore might be a trap. There will not be a more angrier person on this podcast next week than me if the Ravens lose to the fucking Texans at home. I will I will call Lamar Jackson a fraud. I will tell everyone who listens to this podcast that John Harbaugh needs to be fired. I don't care. You can't you don't lose this game to the Houston Texans, a rookie quarterback at home and expect to do something this season. I'm sorry. I know it's only week one. But I'm going to say that. If you're the Ravens, you got to make a statement because right now the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, they're all better than you. And you got to prove your worth in the AFC. And that starts by kicking the crap out of the Houston Texans and making sure my Eliminator Challenge moves on to week two. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. 
Sizzling hot takes are brought to you by Dur Burgers. And Mason, are the burgers good? Dur, that was sick. What the fuck? We didn't even know about that one. Pretty what? good. What was the sizzle sound effect? Oh, you guys want some burgers? They're in my drawer right here, right next to Craig's name. <laughs> Sizzling hot takes week one. And if you're new to the show, Sizzling Hot Takes. It's a segment that we do every week throughout the NFL season where we give our hottest predictions, our boldest takes. We call them sizzling hot because they are that hot. Now, they're not crispy. They're not burnt. We don't go so outlandish that it can't happen, but it could happen. So, Sousa, what I want you to do is start us off with the first sizzling hot take of the 2023 football season. My hot take is that the Patriots are going to score some points and lose to the Eagles. But in the process, Devontae Parker is going to catch two touchdowns and let's call it 70 yards. 70 yards and two touchdowns. He's going to have about 20 points and a half PPR score and aid the Patriots to a respectable loss. Why are we pulling out of the DeAndre Parker bag of tricks week one? DeAndre? DeAndre? Devontae, whatever. <gasps> <laughs> it was with Devontae Parker when that happened too. Um because it's it so a week one hot name. take, the first one of the year of the regular That's the season. hottest take you got for week one is that Devontae Parker catches two touchdowns and 70 yards and the Patriots still lose? Hey, hot takes can be player-based. It doesn't have to be the team wins. You know? I know, but the fa- but you made it a factor by saying that the Patriots still lose. Yeah. I'm not going to go crazy and burn my burger by saying the Patriots are going to beat the Eagles. Well, I mean, it's hot. It's hot. It's not like saying... The Texans are going to beat the Ravens. Patriots could beat the Eagles. What's wrong with you? You've been listening to too much Sports Hub. Yeah. Like Basin song for something. Fuck am I talking about? <laughs> um. All right. Devontae Parker, two tutties. 20 points. Yards. 20 points in fantasy? 20 points with two touchdowns. All right. It's hot. I've seen you do better, though. We'll just trade him. All right. My God. Amazing. Can't wait to hear yours. Oh, yeah. that's going to be great. Here's mine. Mine yeah. is that Bijan Robinson lives up to everything that he was hyped up to be. And he has 200 yards. Wow. 200 scrimmage yards. At least. And two touchdowns. That's pretty hot. And two touchdowns, too? That's right. That's right. You do understand that if he gets 200 yards and one touchdown, we're going to call you a liar. Yep. And we're going to say that your take is inaccurate. That's fine. I accept it. Uh, here, here's what I'm going to do. and We're not going to have to wait long to see if this hot take comes to fruition. Because Thursday night, the Detroit Lions travel to Arrowhead. Now... People who drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round are panicking. They're alarmed. They're saying, wait a minute. I might not have my best player for week one. 
there, there must be some other option. I, I have to. And the thing is, the option on the Chiefs, it's not going to be at tight end. And people are saying, you know, who's going to be that guy for Pat Mahomes to emerge? Is it going to be Kadarius Tony? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be the rookie Rasheed Rice? <laughs> Fools. Thursday night, the guy, if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, the guy who is going to score the most touchdowns for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be the super athlete. No. M-V-S. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Start it, Mason. If you believe in hot takes, if you believe in no. what we do on this show, you would put him in your starting lineup. So what kind of what are we talking about here? What's he gonna do? I'm saying at least fifty yards, two touchdowns. Damn. I really don't see a difference here with my Devontae Parker pick. Because it's not expected. Devontae Parker's the wide receiver one in New England. Wow. Technically. Right on the board, Devontae Parker getting 20 points is expected. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. If there's a pass-catching option that's going to do anything in New England, would you say Devontae Parker? Oh, Juju, the guy whose knee is about to blow up. Did you see that report? But but it hasn't blown up. But it might. Devontae Parker's knee will not. Well, you can say the same thing about him, too. He's questionable as we speak. But I'm saying out of all the pass-catchers in Kansas City, is it most likely that MVS is going to be the guy? I don't know. I'm saying this week it is. Two touchdowns. 50. Okay. And you guys are going to be like, whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. And you guys are chomping at the bit going, ooh, Sky Moore season. Ooh, Kadarius Tony season. And then you see Sakai Moore's got two catches for five yards. Tony's out by the second quarter. And Rasheed Rice only has uh, two punt returns. Yeah, and MVS, start. yeah it's going to be MVS and the running backs. Pacheco's going to have one. McKinnon's going to have one. And MVS is going to have two. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be pissed off till Sunday. That's how it goes. Sizzling Hot Takes are brought to you by Durburgers. Susan, the burger's good. Durr. Durr. Gentlemen, the time has come. It is week one in the 2023 NFL season. It has been an honor and a privilege doing every preseason episode with you both, and I look forward to the ups and downs of this here fantasy season. I wish you both good luck against one another this week because mm. somebody's got to win. Unless yep. you get a tie. Because this year we've established that ties are just ties. There's no winner unless it's the playoffs. That's right. Next week we're going to have a winner, like a discussion about our head to head matchup. We're going to have a loser too. And uh, before you know it, we're going to be saying it's week eight, guys. Can you believe it? Yep. For those of you who are ready for football to begin, cherish the moment. Tell your loved ones that you'll see them later on because you're going to go watch seven hours of commercial-free football. Yeah. Yeah, Mason, oh, yeah baby. Dad? No, not particularly. Looking got any, forward to it. Got any shit talk you want to say to Sousa? Sousa? 
Mason. Go fucking buy a douche. <laughs> this Eagles game is going to be <laughs> torturous. A.J. Brown, Tavonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. But you have A.J. Brown. Yeah, but he has two guys too. So, like, I'm going to want the Eagles on the field. But I'm going to be scared. Same thing with him. It's going to be it's going to be tough. Monday night's going to be fun. Sunday night's going to be the worst because that's all. That's when my guys are done, and I got to wait and anticipate his guys. Yeah. But the good news is, is if I'm if I kick your ass and you're already down, then I can you don't have to worry about it. That's true. That's true. Unless Josh Allen fumbles Maybe. four times and gets hurt, and then not if he's cook. on my bench when I'm already up. Oh, you do that? You'd be that guy. Listen, don't you yeah, want that weekly payout, I Mason? I, I'm gonna tell you this. Um, I don't give a fuck. I haven't won a weekly payout once since we instituted it. I can go a few more weeks. Mason, what you're forgetting is, and I don't think I didn't want to say anything when we were going over the draft grades, but you taking Josh Allen when you did, I think you failed to realize that the last time that Josh Allen played in a fantasy relevant week, he got less than 10 points. He got less than five points. Oh, actually, no, he played. Uh, oh, no, I see what you're saying. Fantasy relevant. People aren't talking about that enough. I don't care. <laughs> Good luck, gentlemen. We will see Thank you, you too. one week from now Same to you, sir. on the Stellar Seller podcast. Those of you who are watching on Twitch, we appreciate you as always. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And enjoy football season being back. Guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.